0: Welcome to the Quest Express, your passport to immersive travel experiences and cozy conversations. For curious explorers who understand the art of slow travel, we're your go-to podcast. Every few weeks, we touch the heartbeat of a new city where we chat with artists, innovators, historians, and entrepreneurs who make each city come alive. The Quest Express is not just a podcast, it's your ultimate slow travel companion. It's an invitation to begin your own quest. In today's final episode with Michael Bill, Paranormal Investigator, he's going to share with us some of his favorite haunts around New Orleans and places to go, eat, spend time. You can find him at PremiereXTours.com. Let's listen in.
1: You know, they want to stay with their friends and family, they're afraid of judgment or hell, or they just want to hang out. You know, they don't know they're dead or they're just they're confused. I mean, yeah, think about it. Death is pretty much a permanent thing. <laughs> there's no coming back. Once we leave, uh, lose our bodies, that's it. We move on to something else. Yeah. You know, I really believe there's something else beyond this. You know, you go to church and you hear all this and you hear about afterlife, but this has really changed my belief in the afterlife. I think something else is going on. I think it's more than just what we believe in church or these spiritual paths that we follow. It's constructive type of hierarchy, if you will, kind of like we have here, only it's like there's a control over there that's saying, okay, you can talk to these people, but you can't tell them this, you know, because sometimes we won't get answers to questions. Like I always ask, is there sex on the other side? Now, I've been asking that question for years, and I never, ever get an answer. I don't know why they don't answer it.
0: I feel like it might be just an earthbound thing.
1: i probably say. So. Spirits bind themselves to the earth. There's nothing holding them here. I think it's psychological. You know, when you lose your body, it's all about your spirit and your spirit and your mind. And I just think that except maybe something that they may feel like they did wrong, we've run into that a lot where it's like someone may have thought that it was their fault there was a fire and this this man and these five other people got killed in and we believe that he believes that it was his fault and so he stays here wow punishing himself i think it's psychological really
0: yeah yeah other than the ghost tours with you at premiere x tours Yep, that's it. Okay. Other than that, let's say someone was coming first time. They were staying for seven days, like, if you can reassociate off the top of your head, what are some must visits? Whether everyone knows about it or whether it' a best kept secret that not many people know about, only natives. Like, what are a few places that you would recommend them going to really get the culture?
1: Definitely the um, the historic collection. That's a free museum. It's on Royal Street. That's a must. Okay, and because uh, it's free and it's it's historical, and then those people in there they know their business, and mm-hmm. then. The Pharmacy Museum. You've got to go to the Pharmacy Museum. Uh, that was the very first licensed pharmacy in the entire United States. And that place is totally haunted. I've got all the evidence. still totally grim. It's haunted. Oh, my God. And it's just weird. The things that Victorians would do to each other to cure their diseases was insane. Cocaine toothpaste. Oh
0: <laughs> Tampons with
1: opium them. woo! You know, I mean, oh the Painless Birth Exhibit is not to be missed. It's crazy. And, and it's a great museum. Any of the museums in these homes, the Gallier House, Beauregard-Kai's House, General Beauregard was the man that fired the first shots at Fort Sumter, hitting Tourist House, the Ursuline Convent, one of the oldest mm. structures here in town, 1737. It's a Catholic wow. museum. The museums here are awesome. I mean, I go to the museum. I've been to some of them multiple times. I still go back just because I like to go in there and hang out there. And mm-hmm. most of the times are haunted, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, those are definitely any of the museums. Frenchman Street, of course, for music and food. Come hungry because we have some of the best restaurants in town. I mean, in the, mm-hmm. in the country. I mean, the chefs here are just amazing. My poor boy shop, Nola Poor Boy's, is right around the corner here on Bourbon Street. They make great food. And so many little holes in the walls like Coops, Coops, C-O-O-P-S. Oh, my God. Coops is so good. Rabbit jambalaya. Really? Green beans with bacon sauce, duck quesadillas. The food there is just awesome. It's a little hole in the wall, but the food is so good. Mm. And I mean, I, it's a treat. I treat myself like, well, at least once a month to go there and have lunch. Cool it's just really good there and that's a kind of a best-kept secret then there are other neighborhoods outside the french quarter they have their own charm the bywater which is the ninth ward the upper dimes you know they have the country club there just uh, they have a lot of great restaurants there too music venues and right there on saint claude right out it's kind of marony bywater i just call it saint claude because it's on saint claude there's all kinds of little small theaters and music venues, like the Always Lounge is great. They do like these really great burlesque shows. My friend Dick Jones is one of the burlesque dancers there. And it's just like, you know, those kind of little things that people that come here don't know about because these, these uh, smaller venues don't have the, you know, the marketing power that some of these larger venues have. And they miss out on the real cultures. Right. You know, because some of these bigger venues are pandering to what tourists like instead of making them uncomfortable to something they might not ever see. We have just some really talented people here, music-wise, creative-wise. I mean, it's just amazing. It, and I think that's part of the city's charm. All these little itty-bitty things, these little creative things that go on here. That, speaking about the Always Lounge, it's just they have they just do all kinds of crazy stuff, um, burlesque shows. They do theater. It's just a, an amazing venue, and no one knows about it, you know. And that's a, that's the thing that a tourist wants to go to because they want they want to see something really cool, you know, and see the and see the locals, you know. Yeah, Frenchman Street is really good. Probably Saturated for Frenchman Street uh, DBA Spotted Cat is amazing. Charmaine Neville, and she plays at the Snow Harbor. She used to be my neighbor, and, and that's just that's where the locals go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, folks abandon Bourbon Street. There's nothing on Bourbon Street but cocktails and bad sugary drinks, cover bands. I and mean, if yeah. I had to hear "Sweetheart in Alabama" <laughs> again, I think mean, I'm going to hang myself. You know, it's like. Ah. You know, so I never, I just, I live like a block away from the blacksmith shop, Jean Lafitte's blacksmith shop. The people there, the bartenders are awesome and they make the best hurricanes in town. They use fresh juices and stuff. But,
0: Town, where is that?
1: Jean Lafitte's blacksmith shop. Uh, Jean Lafitte was a pirate and privateer here. But the thing about that place, Jean Lafitte never ever went there. It was never a blacksmith shop. But in the 1930s, it was a bar called Cafe Lafitte's, and it was a gay bar. And in the 1930s, if you were found to be gay, they could arrest you. You could go to jail. You could, you know, you could go into a mental hospital. Your family would reject you. you lose your job. Your landlord could just throw you out of the house. Ugh. So people would go there. And it was kind of like a community center. People would go there, and they'd run them tasks, find them work, you know, give them places to live. And they had a sign behind mm-hmm. the bar that said, if the bartender's passed out, make your own damn job. <laughs> It was a community center. Well, the guy that owned the building, he didn't give a damn that they were they were gay. Uh, he just wanted his rent. And it's a colonial house. It's built from the 1700s. <laughs> when he died, he left it to his family. And they just thought it was an ugly home. It's colonial, okay? <laughs> it's old. Wow. So they put him out. And they went down to the corner and opened up Cafe Lafitte in exile because they were exiled from the old bar. And on the night they opened that bar, those queens had nowhere to sit their little tushes, So they ran down to the old bar, grabbed at the barstool, screwed my like stizzies, and put them in the new bar, making Cafe Lafitte in exile, the oldest continually running gay bar in America. Hello and thank you. The only thing, that, <laughs> the only pirates that were there were butt pirates. They were the only ones that were there. I mean, people like Truman Capote, Tenzin Williams, they used to hang out at Levitz in Exile. I mean, these are literary genius, you know? I mean, yeah. so it's like the culture is so, it's so thick here. You know, you could almost drown in it. It's so thick.
0: Do you know of any celebrities that live in?
1: Well, John Goodman, I believe John Goodman has a house here. A Sandy, I don't know if Cinder Bullock still has that house there, but Nicholas Cage used to own the most haunted house here, the Lollery Mansion. He has a tomb here when they were filming American Horror Story Coven. it's nothing to see all of that cast, you know, Jessica Lange, Kathy Bates, Angela Bassett. There's nothing to see them walking through the French Quarter. Now, of course, us New Orleans, we don't know because we're busy with our own lives. And they look different than they do on TV. And now they're filming that interview with the vampire, the TV show. Mm -hmm. My house backs up right to Royal Street. They close the entire street and turn it into the 1920s. So it was amazing. So there's, cool. no, there's no telling who you'll see here. And some people, some celebrities come here just to party, you know, or have a good time or, or get, you know, Beyonce, uh, Beyonce and her sister, they both have houses here, I believe. It's just so it's nothing to see these celebrities wandering around town, you know? Yeah. The people don't bother them. Uh, right. I saw this little cafe and he was, I guess, in disguise. What was his name? I've oh, got Wesley's I saw mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes at the Clover Grill, which is just right up the street on Bourbon. And he was kind of like in this weird outfit. And I'm like, look, damn him, And I like, look back. I was like, oh, you? And he's like, shh. And he's like, please don't say it. You know, John Goodman, he's always willing to you know sign autographs. He always tells people, look, you know, let me have my lunch. And then I'll, I'm more than happy to sign autographs and stuff. So it's, celebrities are here. They come and go. This is a very mercurial city. You know, people come and go here, and uh, it's just like the river. You know, it comes and goes. Uh, I people, love that. People disappear here. People disappear. This is a place where people come to disappear, mm. change their lives, become something new and somebody else. And it happens quite frequently here. We get lots of transients, you know, come. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the people. They'll be here for a while, and then they'll leave, and it's like you'll never hear from them again.
0: Yeah, what did New Orleanians think of, like, what are some things that tourists wouldn't know? Like, I feel like most cities that have a lot of tourism, I would think that most cities have kind of a love-hate relationships with a tourist. So, like, what do New Orleanians really think of Mardi Gras? Are they looking forward to it? Is there any resentment? Like, kind of respect the natives more when coming to the city.
1: First of all, people live in the French Quarter. This is not a, this, these facades are not, there's, there's something behind them. There's people that are living here. Don't, you know, it's like, so when people come here, the thing that irritates me the most, I think, is that now people do drink, over drink too much here because the strong cocktails here are very strong. So, if you think you can have three cocktails where you come from, you could probably have one of ours. I mean, we're talking like four fingers deep. I mean, it's like in lots of sugar. And so people over drink, they throw up on the sidewalk, they fight, get bites with the locals. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: this is a neighborhood, just like anyone else's neighborhood. And so you should respect that. That's, you know, don't lean up against the buildings, don't knock on the doors. And people don't realize it because their shutters are closed. Yeah. And the reason it's closed is because you're right on the sidewalk. I mean, your house is. And, and your shutter's open, people will stick their head in the window, and, you know, it's like, So there's no walking around in your underwear anymore in your living room if you're living in the French Quarter. Now, I live on the third floor, so I can do whatever I want. But on the first floor, the shutters are closed because that's someone's private residence. And so I always tell people, you know, think about if if it was you, you would want people to respect your privacy and respect your buildings. And these buildings are very old. And we don't need people spray painting them or throwing up on them. Ugh. And some people just can't help it. It just happens. You know, it just happens. And throw up in the street. Yeah. <laughs> Not on the sidewalk.
0: Yeah, you know? totally. Because uh, you know, the
1: street is all kinds of, there's meal manure on the street. So people don't realize this. But Early in the morning, around 4 o'clock in the morning, these crews come out with these huge sanitation sprays. And they spray down the sidewalk in the, in the street. I mean, they have to. I mean, like wow. staff is on the streets, gross. Ugh. So, I mean, yeah. if you drop something on the pavement, don't pick it up unless you absolutely have to. If you do pick it up with something and sanitize your hands, because they found staff yeah. on the sidewalk wow. on the main Wow. It's just like, you know. So, just respect the locals. Try J- to J- remember 10 o'clock at night is kind of like quiet time, you know, because people have to go to work the next day. I always say, uh, whenever I go to a new city that I've never been to before, I always think about, okay, how would I want to be treated? You know, would I want someone to be doing this or doing that? So I just try to be, you want to integrate yourself into the culture, even if you're only here for two or three days. Yeah. You know, that's the way you're going to enjoy the city. And people are going to respect you. We know we love our tourists. We really do. I've met some great people. I never leave the French course. So I never get to meet people. And these people come from all over the world. That's what I love about tourism is that, I got meet some great people, but then there's some that just overindulge, and it's like you know, got a little bit of control. You know, they say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? What happens in New Orleans, everybody talks about. <laughs> so you know, it's like you know, you better be careful because it could yeah. <laughs> come back on you. Yeah. So tourism is great. That's what keeps the French Quarter alive. It's like being in the 1800s. The buildings here are amazing. It's just like going back in time. And I think that's why people come here. Yes. You know, the Buchanan Commission, they're the ones that dictate all that stuff. Keep the facades open. You you can't have a modern building here in the French Quarter. It has to look like it's from the 1800s. You know, people wouldn't come here if if there was this big, ugly, modern building there, right? Right. Yeah, they've got... Get, you buy one of these houses, the Commission Commission's already picked out the color you're going to paint it. You can't move an interior wall without their say so, and you own the house. Isn't that crazy? Hmm. They, we had to keep it like that to keep it, you know, historical.
0: Yeah, I love that. So, if you had to reassociate and like, what are the f- first words that come to your mind when I say New Orleans?
1: Maybe it's because I'm hungry, but <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think people, people and food are the two things Mm -hmm. that I think of. People from all over, they're from all over. And some people, the locals, I mean, the natives, the people that are actually from here, it's like, are you from here? And they're like, well, no, I just live here. So you can definitely tell the natives from the locals. There's a difference. Now, the locals have integrated themselves into the native culture, but they're not really natives, are they? They're not Creoles.
0: How can you tell? Is it by sight?
1: It's the way they present themselves. It's, it's, it's a feeling almost. It's a, and it's also there's accent, kind of strange accent, the yats, you know, <laughs> the yats. You, know? And yeah. you, can tell, you can tell by the way they ha- hold themselves. It's not just any one particular thing. And there are Creoles still here in the city. And people like it's been Americanized too much. There are Creoles still here. There are people who still identify themselves as Creole. Creole, there's a confusion that it means that those of African descent. Now, some of the people that are of African descent are Creoles. But some are not. There are white people, uh, like the French, the Spanish. That's where their descendants come from. And some of them are mixed. I mean, we're a mixed up city. It's a gumbo over here, you know. New Orleans is a melting pot and we're just a gumbo.
0: Yeah. So I want to ask you a question, not to cheat on New Orleans in any way, but let's just say someone was gonna give you a hundred thousand dollar check and they said, I want you to go do research on this city, and you were gonna go like live in another city for six months to do paranormal research. Which city would you choose in the US? Other than New Orleans.
1: St. Augustine. St. Augustine. Mm. Mm -hmm. That place is creepy. We went out to a cemetery and this girl, I didn't know her. She was like, look at all these orbs I caught. And I was looking at it and I kind of opened it up, like zoomed in. It looked like the head of the conquistador with his mouth and the orbs are coming out. (gasps) It's totally great. Oh my God. St. Augustine is so haunted. Being there creeped me out. I mean, you could just feel it. it's an old, old city. Got just this weird vibe to it. You know, uh, uh, St. Augustine, man, I would love to go there. I, if someone give me a home, I would like be packing right now. <laughs> going, going, going. Um, I'm going yeah. to be gone for a couple of months now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, but St. Yeah. Augustine, man, it's just totally wow. haunted. Uh, you know, Savannah maybe, but definitely St. Augustine.
0: Interesting. I just have one final question before before we go today. Do you have any window into the natives of New Orleans? Like before the French and Spanish came there, who was in the area and talking about Native Americans?
1: The indigenous people. I have a little bit of knowledge for them. Now they would travel. Mm -hmm. And where the French market is, that was the Indian market or the native market. Mm -hmm. And they were still here. And when the French arrived, Bienville, who's the father of our city, the, very, you know, the governor, who was the founder of the city, you know, they kind of integrated themselves in with the natives because they didn't know how to live here, right? But see, the indigenous people didn't have a word for property or have an ideal of ownership of land, right? Because everyone owned it, no one owned it, right? Right, and that's why the French said, oh, we own it; <laughs> it's ours now." Right? You know, they would have Bienville would battle with go with the natives to battle other, other tribes dressed just like they would naked. And they noticed that he had snake tattoos all over him because he was from Canada. Actually, he was, in, in friends with indigenous people up in Canada. So the native here is, it's still here. The Mardi Gras Indians, when the Maroons, which was, escaped slave people, they would go to the, these native tribes and they would integrate themselves into that culture. And so, you know, it's still here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As much as the Americans have tried to, rub, tried to rub out indigenous life here, they're still here. Yeah. Parts of their culture are still, they affect everything here in the city. The Mardi Gras Indians are a good example of that. You know, and it's like, you can't rub a culture out. You can, you can suppress it, but it's always going to be there because it, it, this land is their land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And their spirits are here. Their ancestral spirits are here, and then some screwed up spirits right outside where uh, Iberville is. Man, I do not like that. It's outside the original quarter, and beyond all of that it was indigenous land for these indigenous people, and the spirits of that that land are completely different from human spirits. They're elementals. I mean, it's it's just creepy and you can feel that vibe now.
0: In a good way or a bad way?
1: Well, both, both. I mean, you know, you gotta think, these people were rubbed off their land and, and some and straight out murdered, okay? Not all of them, not, was it was all, I've been going on for years, you know? I mean, it's like, what's the first thing you do when you move into a place? Get rid of the locals, right? You know, because then the, you know, and they've been trying to systematically wipe out the indigenous people all over this all over this country, you know? You know, just crazy stuff. Yeah, you know we really need to support those indigenous people. Now, my mom is Black Creek Indian, mm-hmm. so I have native blood in me as well. So yeah. I kind of feel a sense of that. But outside the original quarter and the American section, it's creepy. I mean, at night, if you ever go to the CBD, there's no one there, and there's all this massive buildings, that you can still feel there's something old and, and not necessarily sinister, but Dark, yeah, and I mean that in the sense that it's been offended.
0: Wow,
1: it's holding a grudge,
0: you know. Right?
1: There's a place over there called uh, La Plavion. It's a great hotel, and in that area, a lot of enslaved people were killed because the noxious gases coming up out of the ground and smothering
0: them. Oh my goodness!
1: And that's where the Cypress Grove was, and they used to say that foul deeds would go on there. I mean, it's just. It's it's a mark on that land, like a curse. Wow! Because say it, La you Plagne, know, it's spooky as shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. That's I wonder how crazy. they, um, how their marketing is going. I wonder if like, uh, word travels fast, but like, don't.
1: Well, they have a plaque right in front. They have a plaque right there in front of the, um, of the, uh, <laughs> of the hotel, and uh-huh. people people pass these plaques back and forth. Read the plaques. That's where the history is. Yeah, and
0: yeah,
1: people say, "Oh, there's a portal there." I was like, "Bullshit." I was like, "The whole land right here is cursed." You know, um, something's wrong with it. I mean, I don't think of all those people that died. I mean,
0: that's around Ivorville?
1: Well, Ivorville is is the end of the quarter, so it's like it's on Poitras. and it stands alone. It's a hotel that's there's nothing around it. Nothing else around it. My parking lots. It stands alone. I mean, it's. Totally, totally creepy. You know that land was indigenous land, and it's holding a grudge. Okay, I mean, people.
0: Have you gone there with your with your K two meter?
1: Oh yeah, I've gone there with a spirit box, a K two meter, anything I can grab it. Mm-hmm. I went up, there with some friends. We they were staying in one room, but the upstairs the penthouse was like off limits. Well, we went up there anyway, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Because they were under construction. There there was no one there. During the pandemic, and it was like, look, let's just go up there. There's no one there. And so Mm -hmm. we did. And what was weird about it is we just were getting all these strange reads. Now, they were working on it, so I didn't really trust the K2 meters. When we turned the spirit box on, I mean, it sounded like the voices were, you know, like like demon voices is what it sounded like. Yeah. It's like they were pissed. They were pissed off. And, and, I looked at my friends and were like, Okay, we need to cleanse ourselves from <laughs> you know sage, whatever, holy water, you know, drink some, you know whatever it takes, you know'cause it was really creepy there. It's a great hotel and it's posh, but it just it's on the piece of land that is i mean I don't like crossing the canal street to go over there, I'm very sensitive to the paranormal. right there at Iverville that's outside the original quarter, got it. I rather just say in the French Quarter, you know, it's scary. So if you're yeah. staying in the CBD, sorry, come <laughs> <about> back to <laughs> yeah. with the quarter where the ghosts a little bit more friendly. You know? Yeah. So that land over there is, if it was not for the indigenous people here, they would not have survived. Really and truly, they were very helpful. Right. If it was, it was for them, we would not have some of the things we have in our culture. You know, it's just a sad thing.
0: It is sad. Yeah. Just like it's almost like a parasitic relationship take what you need during the overlap and then get rid of them. Um, And the very similar thing happened in Hawaii too and then probably all the other indigenous displacements. Well, Michael, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. It's a great meeting you carry in.
0: You too.
1: I hope you have a good day. I'm going to go have a muffalada, (laughs) a local sandwich.
0: I hope you connect with Michael Bill on your next trip to New Orleans. And next Tuesday kicks off the very first day of Mardi Gras. And we'll be talking to Chef Bobo.